everyone. I'm Colleen Conti, and we are so excited that you are joining us for the Continue the Conversation podcast. This podcast is simply to unpack and continue expanding the teachings from Sunday at Healing Place Church. We are going through a series right now called At the Table. It's all about relationships. So we're going to unpack some of the scriptures, just walk through it together. Really excited to have some amazing teachers with us. want to introduce you to them. We have Pastor David Ray. He is an amazing teaching pastor on our leadership team here at Healing Place Church. And we have Pastor Isaac Williams, phenomenal (laughs) teacher. He is our missions pastor here, leads amazing as we go into all the world. And so we're excited to just talk. You ready to talk through this? It's going to be awesome. We're just going to unpack. Today, the teaching is out of Philippians 2. So if you need to take a minute, pause it, read Philippians Mm -hmm. chapter 2. We would love for you to read that. Um, and then come back and we are going to unpack Philippians 2 together. So you guys ready to do this? Let's do it. All right, let's talk through it. Um, before we get right into the verses, maybe can I just ask you to give like a quick letter overview? Yeah. Talk yeah. through like what is Philippians about? Who is teaching? Who's writing? Yeah, that's perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I think really, and Pastor Isaac, you'd agree with this. Anytime you're studying the Bible, mm-hmm. you want to know who's writing it and who are they writing to and what's the main purpose behind it. That's good. Because that yeah. really gives you context of what it is that you're reading and studying and trying to apply to your life. So uh, the the book of Philippians is really an encouraging letter, but he's writing to the church in Philippi. Who's writing? Paul. Okay. Thank you. Help me out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I love it. Paul's writing. The apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and this is a church that he started. And so in Acts chapter 16, if you want to go back and read Acts chapter 16, it gives the context of what's happening, and this is the first Christian community in Eastern Europe that Paul is preaching. He had gone to Galatia, and now he's gone over to Philippi. They start the church there in Acts chapter 16. He meets a lady by the name of Lydia, okay. who is a yep. businesswoman, and she is very influential, very successful. He meets her at by water, and she gets saved. They go to her house. Anyway, this is the passage, too, in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas, and most people know this— where they're thrown into prison because they cast out a demonic spirit who was in yep. a young slave girl who okay. kept just going around following him. And Paul said, I've had enough. You're driving me nuts. He gets annoyed with them. Get out of yeah. it. Yeah. And he cast the demon out. And then they're in prison. You know the story about them praising God. Mm-hmm. Worshiping. Chains falling off. But what's interesting is that Paul, in this book, he is writing to the church in Philippi. And this is a Roman colony where a lot of retired Roman soldiers live, very naturalistic, nationalistic, very patriotic. And that's great. The only problem is, is when you're saying Jesus is the king of kings, oh, it can create some yeah. conflict. And they were actually uh, worshiping Caesar himself. Yeah. You oh, know, wow. So when he says Jesus is king right. to against the one they worship, yes. that complicates things. Yes. Oh, so Paul, Paul's writing this. He's, he's writing most likely from, from Rome. He's imprisoned. And interestingly, while he's in Philippi, he was in prison. Now he's in prison in Rome, writing and still encouraging people and saying, hey, keep pressing on, keep pressing forward. And it really has a lot to do with relationships with one another. All right. Well, then let's talk through that. Let's talk through relationships. And we're just going to start with verse one. And as we read it, I guess kind of I'm just going to read it and ask some questions as we go through it. Is that okay? So it starts with, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, I guess the first thought I had was any, 
talk to me about that word any like is that mean just like a little bit of it like what <laughs> like what is that because i mean he repeats it over and over any encouragement mm. any unity any it's I, like my, my first take on it when i when i started studying up on it, it was that Paul is saying, hey, you've experienced these things in your life through your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've experienced this encouragement. You've experienced this this uni unity with Christ. You've experienced his comfort. Yeah. You've experienced his love. You've ex the sharing in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit was had uh, come upon right. them all by now. Awesome. You know, so then they their ten the tenderness of God, the compassion yes. of God, they were experiencing that. I love that. It's not just something they read about. They no, experience yeah, that they've yeah. lived oh, that's in. Good. They've they've been going through that. So yeah. he's identifying everybody as a Christian. You should be experiencing these things. That's awesome. And it almost gives a little bit of a doubt. It's like if you haven't been experiencing these <laughs> yeah. things, you uh -oh. haven't had any <laughs> yeah, any ounce right. of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Almost to that here. extent, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for sure. Good. Yeah, it, it's bringing everybody into common right uh, relationship. Right. That's you should good. all be experiencing these things in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to conversation. That's good. Can we dial back just real quick? Yeah. You said something before we started about Philippians 1, that yeah. this was written not just to an individual. Yeah, Can we, you maybe talk you know, about that? Our society and culture, and I, I don't it's kind of embedded in us, but we we think so individualistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's about me. And we think, okay, this is my story, which there is some truth to that. All of us are We'll get to later working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We're, we're doing this thing. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know, when Paul is writing to the churches in the New Testament, it is he's writing to them collectively. Oh, that's and, good. And yeah. they didn't have all these manuscripts where it's like, hey, David's taking Philippians home, and then Colleen has it tonight as well, and then so and so's taking it. They they had one that they would copy. But they would read these letters because they held them as authoritative. So oh, they looked at good. them as that they were weighty and the authoritative. It wasn't just this, hey, we're just reading something really cool here. But this was from God. Even mm -hmm. though Paul wrote this, this is, we're receiving it as authority and word from God, just like they would from Moses. Mm -hmm. And so they would read these things aloud. And one of the best verses that kind of sets up this book is in chapter 1, and when it says that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Mm. But when you we read that in the translations, most translations have you, and we interpret it as, as the singular pronoun. Yeah. But really in the Greek, in the Koine Greek, it's the plural form of you, mm -hmm. which we like. No way. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so he's saying he has begun a good work among in you all. all. Yes. He will be faithful. And so when Paul starts out in chapter two and he says, hey, if there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, and he goes through this list, it's not just, hey, Colleen, you should have this. Yeah. It's we All should have this together awesome. as a body. And, yes. Mm -hmm. And these letters were, were read out loud in the services. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> they didn't have each one take your copy home like right. we do nowadays, yeah. access yeah. to the Bible. It's, yeah. These letters were, yes, they were copied hundreds and hundreds no, of no times. No printing press. This no. was handwritten, boy. And you, you had to. Yeah, they weren't some taking time. them home. They were reading yeah. them in service for everybody to hear. Mm -hmm. And I love That's what good. you said about like if we've seen we we've experienced this comfort and this encouragement and this tenderness that we've experienced it from God mm -hmm. first, for sure, but from one another as mm -hmm. well. And we yeah. as believers should be experiencing it because yep. the way we treat each other. Mm -hmm. So this is written to the body of believers, mm -hmm. definitely. And and talking through that. Okay, then let's continue because we got to keep going. So verse two says then. Like, if you've experienced it, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. I got to tell you, like-minded was hard for me. Yeah. 
because I think we just live in a world of diversity. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, are we all expected to have the same political opinion and social opinion? What does that mean to be like-minded? Mm -hmm. Talk me through that. Yeah, that can that can be kind of confusing because mm -hmm. we're not all to be exactly the same, look the same, same personality. You know, we're just on cue with every single thing we mm -hmm. say. But Paul is saying, listen, our mindset should be one of unity and one where we are constantly aiming towards the same target. Yep. You know, the target is very clear. It's the gospel moving forward. Mm. It's Jesus mm -hmm. being lifted up. It's the church advancing. And then people uh, have different gifts. You know, That's good. you, Colleen, you strengthen my life by the gifts you have, and hopefully uh, my life strengthens you guys, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, Isaac, with, with your you with my life as well. But it's not that this we're all just the exact same, just little mold and replica, but it's the same spirit is in mm, us. That's good. Yeah, that's what he says. So when One the same spirit. spirit is in us, we shouldn't have different spirits. And it kind of eliminates this idea of, hey, I'm fighting for me. No, we are fighting together mm -hmm. for Christ. It's all about unity, all about love, all about the same mission. I like that, that one target going mm -hmm. forward. I love that. So um, how, okay, just throwing through this, the next verse goes straight to, so do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> rather in humility, me, yeah. value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of each other. I guess that that feels pretty strong language. And I know Paul is tends to have strong mm -hmm. language, but like, does that mean I'm a doormat? Like, is everything <laughs> that's ambition selfish? Like, are there dreams and goals that I'm allowed to have? Like, what does that look like that we're always in humility, valuing others above mm -hmm. ourselves? Yeah. Talk me through. Well, it, 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 I think those two verses, one and uh, two and three, kind of go together because if we're like-minded, for example, if I wish the best for you, mm -hmm. if I wish the best for you, and both of y'all wish the best for me, we're like-minded in mm -hmm. the in the outcome of what we're going right. through in this yeah. relationship. Right. Now, if then he confronts it in a way, it's like, are you guys really like-minded? Well, if you have a selfish ambition, mm -hmm. you're not really like-minded mm -hmm. because it's the mind for you is for you. Mm. And so if everyone's yeah. intention, if, it, if everyone's ambition per se were to be worried about <clears throat> the other person, we would be like-minded yeah. and making sure that the whole body, because remember there, he was talking to the whole church that the whole body is accomplishing what they've been called to yeah. do. Yeah. I think a great question that all of us ask and to answer you really quickly, I think ambition is not wrong unless it's, fleshly ambition. Mm -hmm. There's godly ambition. But all of us need to ask... As a drive, you mean? Like, yeah, man. I, yeah. I want to be ambitious. I mm -hmm. want to have dreams and goals. Right. But the question is, is is why? Mm, you know, it, it's less about motivation. what yep. and more about the why. That's good. And so if we are on the same page as far as why we're doing what we're doing, mm -hmm. we might have different expressions of what that looks like. Yeah, that's but good. But it's the why yeah. that keeps us centered For and sure. anchored upon Christ and he's already addressed this. I know mm -hmm. we're kind of going back a little bit, but in chapter one, he addresses, he says, hey, some people preach, and they preach with the wrong motives. Yeah. It's about them and their platform and them trying to build influence. But Jesus and, and even John the Baptist, they lived this so well. When John's ministry started to decrease, he was like, hey, it should because it's all about him, John 3.30. Yeah. So uh, Paul is just rehashing some things that we learned from Jesus' life and that we're going to see in just a second. Well, even in the, in the previous chapter when you mentioned in 17, it says some were pre preaching out of selfish amb ambition. Yeah. They were preaching Christ. But then Paul says, 
but even so, Christ is being preached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God's going to even use selfish ambition as, at times yeah. to make sure his I work goes I just don't want to be one of those. <laughs> no, you, well, because it, it doesn't go well for you. No, it doesn't. But I will say it's cool. Like, I think when you hear this, thinking the idea that I'm not trying to make your mind like mine, mm-hmm. we're both trying to have the same mind that's right. as Christ. That's really good. And yeah. so yeah. I just think that's really it. cool. Yeah. That yeah. It, my, that's what makes all the difference. My goal isn't to like mine to, to mm-hmm. me. It's... Mm-hmm us to Jesus that's, and yeah, pointing our eyes, which is where that. we're going to get to, because yep. that's the next verse, is really mm-hmm. in your relationships with one another, which is mm-hmm. what we're talking about today, have the same mindset as Christ, which is what you said, mm-hmm. that the target is the same. Mm-hmm. And so let's he, talk about he that. He explains whose mind, the like-mindedness, who's it needs to be who's like. Who's it need to be like, yeah. So <laughs> this is how Jesus thinks, and we're going we're gonna to put it in, in context here as we unpack 6 through 11. But really, Paul's telling us, yeah, like to think like Christ in our relationships and the way that mm-hmm. we live. And so talk to me before we get into 6 through 11. Yeah. There are some things that you don't know just from reading it right. that 6 through 11 is about. Maybe yeah. could you unpack what are we, what are we about yeah, to this, hear? This is, and I know we say we love all the scripture, but this text in particular for the Christian is, is so paramount. It's mm-hmm. so important. This is a, referred to as the Messiah hymn. So it's actually a song that they would sing. Really? Let okay. this mind be in you. I don't know how they sang it, but man, it was a good we jingle back do in the day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but he's he's giving this hymn about how Christ lived. Mm. And I, you know, you just said just a second, let this mind be in you. You have to set your mind. You have to be intentional with your mindset. Mm. He's saying, I want you to think this way. And, and Paul had it going on, but Paul didn't say, hey, be like me. Think yeah. like me. And instead he said, hey, I'm trying to follow Christ, but Think like him, be yeah. like him, and so I just thought I, I shared this with you earlier. You know, in Acts chapter sixteen, they were worshiping and singing hymns in prison while they were chained. Oh, this is cool. This and is really cool. I, th- it, w- listen, this I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. This might be an error on my part. Forgive me if it is, Lord. But they were singing hymns, and I just thought, I wonder if this was one of the hymns that they mm-hmm. sang. That's because they were worshiping God, and the chains fell off. The, the the guard was about to kill himself, and he gets saved, and his whole family who now Paul in prison writing, and this guard who got saved in his whole family is listening to this. in the church of Philippi. And Paul goes through this of what Jesus did Mm -hmm. and what we are to do. Oh, that is really, that is really cool. I just love that idea that this was an early Christian hymn that they sang Mm -hmm. and that it's that we should have the mind of Christ. Okay, so here it comes. This is what, I'm not going to sing it for you. (laughs) Do it, Colin. It says, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So like, even though Jesus was God, he didn't, I mean, I gotta be honest. I don't, I don't think like that. All the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, right. I'm more like a, I, I think that I should take something for my own advantage and I'm entitled right. to it. Yeah. But Jesus didn't like talk me through, m- maybe we continue. I, Cause it kind of balances with the next mm-hmm. one that rather he made himself nothing being in the very nature of, uh, as a servant being made in the human likeness. Maybe could you guys juxtapose that the very nature of God didn't consider himself mm-hmm. instead took the nature of the servant. Will you unpack that for me a little bit? Cause I think that's just overwhelming thought. Yeah. It's amazing that this is one of the descriptions of, about Jesus, his deity, as well as his humanity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people take it too far and separate it's like, Jesus was 100% man and not no longer God, which that's not, I don't believe that that's what Paul was trying to say. But it, and it, it's not saying that his value is less just because he's now in human 
form. But uh, it just he speaks. It he laid it down voluntarily. It mm-hmm. Speaks to his humility, mm-hmm. which I think that's what Paul is trying to portray to everybody. Yeah. It's like this. This is amazing that he knew of all his glory, and obviously he was very aware of all of that stuff. And says, "No, look, I want to be there with him." That's good. And it just it, it goes so much deeper than just I have all of these things. I'll set them down for a little bit. Yeah. It was a sacrifice. I mean, oh, yeah. he did say it was a sacrifice in, in the garden. Yep. You know, so. And I think when you read Scripture, it's always important to think about what happened in the garden, what was lost, and what Jesus has come to regain. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. And what did Adam and Eve want in the garden? It wasn't just about the fruit. Because mm-hmm. the enemy said, if you eat this, you will be like, like who? God. Like God. Mm-hmm. So their pursuit was, I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. Jesus' pursuit is, I want you to have relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So instead of, when she was fully God, he laid that down and he became what? He became man. Mm-hmm. So Adam did the opposite of that. Yeah, And that's Jesus good. does what Adam should have done. Mm-hmm. And he comes to redeem us and to save us. And it's just so beautiful to think about how the contradiction between the two, and he humbles himself, and he lowers himself. Think about this. He had always existed. He has all power. He's co-equal. The Father, yep. Son, and Spirit are co-equal. It's not like, hey, man, the Father, he's up yeah. here, and Jesus here, and the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. They're co-equal, They're, but all of them are all-knowing. So we believe in one God. We're monotheistic, mm-hmm. but one God in three persons. Mm-hmm. Perfect harmony. Perfect union. Yeah. And Perfect Jesus, mindset. Perfect mindset, different <laughs> roles, yeah. different functions, yep. but the same mindset that we see in the Godhead. And here Jesus becomes man in order to reunite us back That's to yes. God, which That's is mind-blowing. And it was yes. never a question of identity for him. Mm-mm. Because, and, and I, I just thought about this when you were sharing that, David, uh, Jesus never questioned or doubted his identity or how much God the Father loved him. Mm-hmm. And yet, Adam and Eve in the garden, they were questioning their identity right. and who God was, and God was keeping them away from something that yeah. they mm. thought was better. It was a lie. Yeah. So both of those things, yeah. they doubted God's, yeah. uh, the, their value toward God. They, they believed the snake mm-hmm. when they questioned their identity. Yeah. And then here's Jesus, I have no question, no doubt about my identity yeah. and, people ask, and my value. You know, people ask, why did he have to become man? Well, he had to become man because God cannot suffer. God mm-hmm. cannot die. Mm-hmm. God cannot bleed. Yeah. But man can. And wow. the only way, again, goes back to the garden, the only way forgiveness can be paid for is by death. Mm-hmm. You see it in the garden, mm-hmm. and you see him as the suffering servant here. Yep. Yeah. Isaiah 53, the Messiah him, him here laying down his life as a man mm-hmm. in order for us to be and saved. And the only way he could be a perfect mediator. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I love, I mean, in one of the versions, it says he made himself nothing. It says he made himself of no reputation. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so powerful. Just that idea that he's of no, re- he doesn't have a good reputation or a bad mm-hmm. reputation. He was literally a servant yeah. just unto that's God. Good. It's really cool. Uh, okay. So, oh, I did have, I did have a quote I wanted to share with you. I thought it was mm-hmm. really cool. Just thinking about this. Gary Thomas said, just when we are most eager to make ourselves understood, we must strive to understand. 
When we seek to air our grievances, we must labor to comprehend another's hurt. And just when we want to point out our fallacies and abusive behavior of someone else, we must, must ruthlessly evaluate our own That's offenses good. and attitudes yes. and behaviors. And I just think how Jesus did that. He didn't look to his own advantage. Mm -hmm. He emptied himself out for us. He yep. always looked. So even in our relationships, if we want to, coming back, if we want to have the mind of Christ and be like that in relationships, mm -hmm. how much so we have to do the same mm -hmm. is let mm -hmm. go of that. I mean, it says he let go of any advantage. But think how opposed that is to our nature. Right. Like we want to, what? We want to increase. We want to climb the ladder. We want to push people down. We want to make ourselves great. It's more about what I have. I want more, more, more. That Selfish ambition. Less, less, <laughs> yeah, less. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, I want you to love me and love one another. And that's why Jesus says in the Gospels, in Matthew 22, the greatest of all commandments, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so all of it, Paul's prayer is that they would walk in this very thing. Yeah, and that golden rule, like that you yep. treat others mm -hmm. the way you want to be yep. treated, not the way they treated you. You yep. know, I think that's... Okay, continuing in verse 8. <laughs> and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death even death on a cross. I mean, that just feels so hard. Yes. That we have to have that mind. Like that just, it's, it feels so like, wow. I don't, I, I don't even know how to unpack that. I it, guess it's that hardcore idea. thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were talking earlier about the, the cross even and how. Yeah. Share some the, the cross, even death on a cross. Now remember, like you mentioned, uh, Pastor David, the, this was a predominantly Roman uh, citizenship in the oh, in yeah. Philippi, and uh, Romans citizens were not allowed to be uh, executed on a cross. Mm -hmm. It was the lowest of mm -hmm. lowest. So the two thieves on the cross weren't Roman right. citizens, oh, and wow. no no Roman citizen could be crucified mm -hmm. because it's one of the most vicious uh, killing machines or whatever you want to call it styles. execution yeah. styles, and. It was so below uh, Roman citizenry that they couldn't do that. So to say to this group of people, it's like Jesus humbled himself not below, just death. not yeah. just a death, yeah. death on a Even cross. Even death right. on a cross. And that's your king. Yeah. yeah. That's how far <laughs> that's, down, <laughs> that's how he would stoop, how far yeah. down he would stoop down for you. Good. That kind of mindset, and that would mean something to these people humility. reading it. They would oh, know. Yeah. Oh, they would exactly. know that they know. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay, so then in, in verse nine, this is kind of where you want to get. To, like my selfish ambition is like, oh yeah, then oh, yeah. let's get it to verse comes. nine. Then therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. You know, Jesus trusted that God would exalt him, mm -hmm. but he didn't do that for the exaltation. Mm -hmm. How do we? How do we have that mindset? Because I. I love the idea of being obedient if I know it's going to come with exaltation. Mm -hmm. But how do you be obedient not for the intention of that? Like, yeah, I think Jesus. our obedience is very simple. It's it's not for our exaltation. It's for Christ to be seen through us. That's so yeah. good. And that Jesus is continually lifted up. It's yeah. not, hey, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to obey you because, mm -hmm. boy, oh, boy, yeah. I'm going to get this. I'm going. And, and the Bible does say that he exalts the humble, mm -hmm. you know, and God does things in his kingdom. But the motivation is, all about the exaltation of Christ. If I'm not mistaken, it's in Hebrews. It says that God, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before mm -hmm. him. Yeah. There's no selfish ambition there. Yeah. To endure the cross. And, yeah. and you know, when you see this scripture talking about the cross and he endured for the joy set before him, mm -hmm. it was a, the purity there. Mm -hmm. And having that mindset of I care so much about other people and those yes. relationships. Yeah. That's so good. That it's completely free of 
that's some deep relationships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this for you <laughs> yeah. and not for me. Yeah. That's... And to say that with authentic, authenticity. Yeah. And, not getting uh, anything out of it. Wow. Wow. But then this, and then at the name of Jesus, mm. every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I mean, I, w- I want to ask this question first, but obviously this is reserved for Christ. This is... This is Christ alone, that he is exalted, like you were saying. Yeah, it's all for Caesar, his. Not Caesar, not the emperor. Yeah, yeah. this is Jesus Christ alone. But tell me, just real quick, what does under the earth mean? I, yeah, well, when I hear heaven, that, I'm like, what heaven, is Heaven, you think angelic beings. Okay. You think the, the heavenly throne of the Father. Uh, Jesus seated at the, at the right hand. Um, on earth are people who are living on earth, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 15. And then when it's under the earth, uh, those are chained demons. And it's also people who have rejected Jesus as the Lamb of God. And it's a tough thing, but there is such a thing as hell. And um, not that hell is literally under the earth, but this is language used to say, hey, no matter where people find themselves, they're all created. Angels are created beings. They're they're created different than humans, obviously. But every single created being will give exaltation. Throughout history and eternity. Yeah, that is, I mean, that to me, the idea of like heaven, there's no one exempt from. No one exempt. We are all going to including Including Satan. Yeah. He will not be able to contain himself. (laughs) That is, I mean, that is just powerful thought that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it says they'll bow. Yeah. You you think about, you, you only bow for somebody who is far superior to you. I don't bow in front of people normally. I know different cultures mm-hmm. do that, and that's part of the culture. But in this case, it's like, hey, this is a reverence. This is a posture yeah. of worship. Yeah. And you're either going to bow out of uh, adoration <laughs> or, or you're going to bow out of submission. Yeah. Mm. Yes, you must. And Yes, and Satan is the latter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's not going to want to. No, he's not. <laughs> All right, so we unpacked having the mind of Christ, and so then Paul continues with therefore. Mm-hmm. So... If, if we're going to have this mind, then here's how we do it. And he says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, because mm-hmm. he's writing that letter, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you yes. to will and to act in order to fulfill his good perfect yep. pers- mm-hmm. purpose. Can we just sit with that for a second? Because I think like... That is an area that I struggle yeah, with, this idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's God that's working in you. Right. Can maybe you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. What is that? Like, well, who's doing what yeah. here? <laughs> and, and Am like, I working? You're working? Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, working I, out. I, you're I, working I, in. Yeah, I, I, love that, I love that we're, you know, tackling scriptures like this because mm-hmm. I think these can be stumbling blocks that are not necessarily stumbling blocks, mm-hmm. but they can be because it can bring confusion. Just to go back to chapter 1, what did we read earlier? That he who had begun a good work in you will be faithful. Who begins the work? Is it me or is it God? Mm -hmm. It's God. God. And in this case, he says, work out your own salvation. He does not say work for your salvation. Mm, That's good. Big time difference. And the Bible is very clear that none of us are saved based upon our own works. We're saved based upon grace. But there is a thing called sanctification. There is a thing called, hey, I'm walking this Christian faith out. We're doing it not just individualistically, we're doing it together. So he says, work out your, it's collective, your own salvation Mm -hmm. with fear and trembling. And there is an understanding of, hey, this is serious. Not that I'm going to lose my salvation or be damned to hell, but this is serious because I have been set free from much. Why is it serious? Because he came in the likeness of human form and he died, not just a death, but death on the cross. Mm -hmm. I need to take my daily walk serious and how I Mm -hmm. fellowship with each other, how I think in my own mind, how I treat people, how I love people, yeah. all of it. Yeah, like if you want to follow me, you must deny yeah. yourself, pick no, up your he, cross he ain't daily. Playing. Yeah, you're not playing not, about it. I love that. And I, th- I think also, uh, 
you know, he just, Paul just got finished explaining everything that Jesus went through, mm -hmm. and but also the victory after that. Mm -hmm. But he, Paul's also presenting to the church in Philippi, like, this is not going to be easy, guys. Right. Yeah. You're, you're going against Caesar. Mm -hmm. You're going it's against, suffering. you know, that, that in Acts, when you're talking about uh, Paul affected the economy. That's yep. why he got put in, right. in, in prison. Yeah, he affected. He they weren't. They were going counterculture. Yeah. So That's when Paul answer. is saying, "Guys, this isn't going to happen naturally. Yep. You yeah. have just like Jesus endured the cross yeah. to the end, and he said, Not my will, but yours yeah. be done.' He's encouraging the, the church. There's like, work it. You keep working at it. That's yeah. good. Uh, how? With reverence and uh, and and fear, a holy fear of Jesus worked it out. Yeah, and he says, "Hey, in, in another passage, he says, nobody has endured temptation to the point of death." Yeah, right. So God has always given a way out. So right. you keep yeah. going, you keep uh, you keep fighting. I think that's so good what you're saying because there is work to do. Definitely, you know, the, the thought of, "Hey, I've got God's grace. I'm good." <laughs> you have I've God's arrived. grace, not just to go to heaven, to bring other people with you, mm -hmm. to make That's an good. impact. And boy, it takes work. Yeah. It is not easy to be a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. It's not easy yeah. to take the humble road. It's not easy to make all things not about my own selfish ambition or more for myself. It's not easy to be persecuted. Mm -hmm. And Paul, right after this, he he points out two people. He points out Timothy. And Epaphroditus, that's okay. a big name. You yeah. don't hear that yeah. name. How you doing, Epaphroditus? You don't hear that a whole lot. But Epaphroditus brought him gifts from the church in Philippi oh, cool. to the point, Paul says, that he almost died because he suffered so much getting it to him. He got sick. Mm. And he's saying, Timothy is a faithful servant. There's no one like him. I'm going to send him to you. So what is, what is Paul doing? He gives a picture. This is what your mindset should be. And then he says, hey, Timothy gets this and Epaphroditus gets this. We all need to get this. That's yeah. cool. I love that because it's like first it points to Christ, our mm -hmm. ultimate goal. Maybe. But then it's also, hey, here's some examples right yeah. in your everyday world. Yeah. Because it isn't easy, but it's nice to hear the stories of people who are working it out with mm -hmm. you. Like yeah. you're not alone in it. <laughs> it he made it personal. Yeah. Yeah. He made it yeah. personal he and, made it and real. Like, I love the idea. I mean, it does give us some comfort. It's not easy because when it's not easy for you, it feels like, that's right. man, this is not easy. And that's like, how Paul says in other texts. He says, carry one another's burdens. That's good. You know, because you're going to be strong at certain things, Colleen, that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And you can help me. You say, hey. And we, reverse. Yeah, yeah, the same, yeah. same thing. I mean, reverse. Imagine Paul is writing this from prison. Yeah. So it's like work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think I can say a little bit about that right now. Yep. I think I'm doing it too. Yeah, that's and awesome. He said in chapter one, he says, even those here yep. are hearing the message and mm -hmm. are being saved. Mm -hmm. So what happened in Philippi in prison is happening in Rome mm -hmm. in prison. That's awesome. All right, so then we get to, this just doesn't get any easier. <laughs> like every verse, I'm like, okay, can we stop there? So do everything. I underlined that. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. As we just close this out, I don't understand how to do that. Everything without grumbling? I mean, <laughs> some things, maybe not. <laughs> everything. Can I, can I get it? Talk to me about how do we, to shine, I, I mean, without fault. Like, I just think, and Obviously, I'm doing this in my own striving in those moments. But how do we how do we do this? How do we do everything without grumbling? And how do we shine like lights to a crooked generation? What does that look like? 
right when you asked that question, I think it, it reminded me of what Paul was explaining about what Jesus did. Mm. You don't see Jesus grumbling or complaining going to the cross. And that's that's the reference point. It's the reference point for a mindset. It's the reference point for how to act in hardship, how to treat hardships. And this is uh, Philippians 2.14. It was one of the first verses I ever memorized in school. <laughs> Man. But it was in King James Version. Oh, yeah. It's even holier. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the original. That's, how the Jesus, original. that's what he spoke. I didn't understand what it was talking about <laughs> back then, but it, it's it's one of the hardest things um, because it's easy to get caught up in the circumstance and forget the mindset that we're supposed mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things bombarding us from so many sides that the minute we think we're doing well, and it goes back to work out your salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. It's to c- the continual uh, remembrance mm-hmm. of Jesus paid it all. Right. Jesus gave me the power, empowered me to do that through the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the the the, the compassion, the what's talking about in the very first verse of the chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, those things that I've experienced are the ones that are going to empower me yeah. to do this. Yeah. It's kind of one of these things. It's like aim small, miss small. You know, you're you're really going for it here. Everything without complaining. You're gonna aim as small as you can to try to hit that target. But here's the thing: we all miss. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you know. concentrate so much on not complaining that you're gonna end up well, complaining about. No, not you're compl- trying with all your heart. You you <laughs> yeah. want to live a life without yeah. complaining, mm-hmm. but just know that you're gonna miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Paul missed the mark. Paul had he had some relationship issues. That oh, we'll get sometime. to those. We're going to get to those. <laughs> I, I won't do that <laughs> Episode yet. three, don't but, get there. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, if he missed that mark, the only one who didn't miss it was Jesus. That's yeah. good. So he's our target. Aim small, miss small. You go mm-hmm. for Jesus. But when you miss it, man, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Have grace for one another. Because mm-hmm. one of the biggest obstacles that Christians face is that they don't extend grace to one another. Mm-hmm. That's good. All and really and good. if you, the reason you don't do that is because you don't realize how much grace you need. Yeah. And so when you realize, hey, I'm going to miss the mark, I'm striving as, as as best as I can. The Spirit of God's giving me a desire and the power to do what pleases Him. But I'm not going to live perfect. Yeah. Isaac, I'm going to say things that bother you. Colleen, I'm probably going to offend you. Hopefully not every day. <laughs> but I'm going to do things that, that I miss the mark, but have grace to keep going. Yeah. And that we don't respond because that's how you responded to us. We respond that's because right. the mindset of what Christ yeah. did for us, yeah. we yeah. can extend that to you. It reminded me of, of gratitude. The more we live in gratitude, the work out your salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. recognizing Jesus' sacrifice mm-hmm. and being grateful for that, mm-hmm. accepting the grace that he's given each and every one. If we don't recognize the depth of the grace yeah. that he's okay. given us, it will be very hard yeah. to exercise grace toward other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's- if I recognize I am wicked, and Paul says that, I am the worst of sinners. That was, doesn't mean he was sinning yeah. every five minutes. It means that he recognized the amount of grace right. that he needed for his life. So he can look at other people. You're probably not better, but for lack of a better term, you're in a better place. The amount of grace that God's given me is incomparable to you. Mm. So I should I should look at you and say, I, will, I need to serve you because God, the, oh, wretched man that I am kind of thing. And being operating from that gratitude of what Jesus has done, that will make us all like-minded That's good. and start exercising that same grace that Jesus gave us to everybody. I like that. So as we just kind of close out today, 
what what is like one takeaway of relationships? Like how how do we do this thing well? If we're in a relationship and we're struggling with others, what's your takeaway from what Paul's saying? What would you say? Yeah. Sum it up. I, I'd say high grace, high love, high forgiveness, mm, mm-hmm. and that. kindness is always a good route. That's good. That's really good. What would you say, Pastor Isaac? Takeaway from today? What would you say from from this from this whole conversation? It's amazing that this was written from the very beginning, and the early church was facing relationship problems. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 good kind of, it's a good thing we don't it today. Is you know? so, it's a little helpful, a little it is encouraging. So yes, encouraging, yeah. That they were facing, and how close were they to Jesus? There may have been people in that church that were witnesses, eyewitnesses of Jesus. Yeah. And they and G and Paul had to address relationships. Yeah. That's good. And it's if if Paul is teaching them about the grace of treating each other. Yeah. And it's the the unity that he spoke about. It's the differentiating factor between the world without Christ mm-hmm. and who we are as sons and daughters of, yeah. of God. Uh, it's it's encouraging to me that this letter, God loves us so much that he would give us this. I agree. I love that. I, I just think keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, that's it. And if we can all just lock arms and keep our eyes on that, yeah. that that'll be the goal. I love this. I'm going to end with this quote from uh, John Mark Comer. He said, Jesus's life is the example for how to love. It's that easy. And it's that difficult. Mm-hmm. And good. I just thought that was so powerful. That's good. Well, that's it for today. Oh, Thank you so much. Did you really have good. fun? I this is a great awesome. conversation. Awesome. We just hope that you will subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're going to release new episodes every week, but we look forward to seeing you right back here at the table as we continue the conversation. Be blessed. Be blessed.